Now back to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. It is the Matt Mosley Show. Cam Stewart alongside day two of the Cam Stewart era. And uh, I just thought we'd break him in by getting one of my, my longtime pals, my radio pal, Craig Hoffman, on. The man knows the commanders. He knows the NBA. Craig, uh, we're in the shadows of Baylor's sparkling new Foster Pavilion. Holds 7,500. Kind of a little band box, but a gorgeous new arena. And we got college basketball tonight. The Bears at number 13 against the Red Raiders of Texas Tech, number 23. Craig, are you jealous? Are you jealous of us? Uh, or are you are you happy right where you are in Las Vegas? I mean, I'm I'm not mad to be out in Las Vegas for the Super Bowl, but I will say, Matt, I do love a small bandbox college basketball arena. There is something magical mm-hmm. about one of those places going nuts. Uh, it, it is it, that's a good setup for you guys, or at least for you. Um, Cam's only two days in, so we'll see how things go for him. But you know, so far so good. I guess he's still there. Cam's been still with a, he's been with the station for a while now. He just got the uh, okay. Well, I, I think it's the a promotion, honor, a promotion. Really. I don't know what we call it. He's moved to the three to six. <laughs> now, Craig, you are four to seven Eastern, and uh, the team nine eighty that that uh, Odyssey. I mean, that's a uh, that's a daily deal that you put out, and that's kind of that's kind of fun. But I mean, you've been in the middle. The only thing that's weird about you taking off to Vegas is so much was happening. I don't know what you call it now. Wherever the Commanders used to be out in Ashburn, I guess it still is. I don't know if it's Commanders yep. Park, but I mean, that's where kind of a lot of action is taking place. And I immediately thought about you. I'm like, who's my Commanders? I'm like Hoffman. That is my commander's man, guy. Uh, so it had to be a little weird for you to have so much breaking commander's news, and yet you needed to get out to the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. Was um, Were you able at least to say hi to Dan before you left town? I was. So I was in Ashburn yesterday. Uh, our, I normally nice. do my show from our studio in, in D.C., in the district, which is about – 50, 55 minutes from the commander's facility in Ashburn. But I was out there yesterday. I was at the press conference, did my show from out there. And then I went home and scrambled to pack. And then we got up at uh, an obscene hour this morning, got on a plane, and now I'm in Las Vegas. It's been a very weird 24 hours, Matt. What, have you seen that sphere yet? That, like, unbelievable uh, thing out in Vegas uh, that uh, – is is like it's for I guess advertising, but I, I would think you have to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to. But I think the NFL has kind of taken that over. How, are you familiar with the sphere, and have you seen you know how it's uh, how it's lit up this week? I I've seen video of it, and actually we were here over the summer, and it was about a week before the sphere opened. So we drew, drove past it, and we're asking our Uber driver like what's that thing? That looks nuts. And he's like, oh, it all lights up. It's crazy. We go home, and all of a sudden on Instagram, we see what it is lit up. And we're like, well, dang, that's going to be pretty cool next time we go back. And so I've seen, uh, you know, the Adidas ad with Mahomes on there. I've seen some of the NFL stuff. It's it's pretty neat. I haven't driven past it uh, on our way from the airport to Radio Row to uh, our friend's place that we're staying at out here. But uh, I'm sure we'll see it for at some point this week. All right, Craig Hoffman on the Matt Mosley Show. Keep your NBA brain in mind tonight if you want to watch on – is tonight's game on ESPN or 
ESPN two. Um, ESPN. Okay, so you ESPN. can you can yeah, yeah. And of course, Hoffman, mothership. He's got all the the pot. He's got all that he needs. The apps and everything. But check out uh, Craig Eve Meese is projected to be the number twenty pick in the draft right now. Jacoby Walter at one point was like being mentioned as as high as number three. Right now I'm seeing him around nine or ten. All right. So as you're kind of making your way around, hitting some of the casinos, I know you're a major hoops head. At least. Try to kind of you know watch a little bit of the game, and you can see future NBA stars. Okay, there we go. All right, you already, you always got me uh, prepared, Mosley. I appreciate it. All right, and Cam and I want to get into though this Commanders thing. What what is the is the Dan Quinn thing? Sort of like, all right, I mean it's okay, but but there seemed to be some thought that the Ben Johnson was the first choice, and we kind of know he decided, hey, I'm going to go ahead and stay here in Detroit. Did Dan feel like a bit of a consolation prize, or with all the great success he had as a defensive coordinator with the Cowboys, are the Commanders fans somewhat pleased with this? Are they kind of where, – where, where is the uh, – what, what do you think – that? what's been the fan base? As you hear back from all your listeners, what's been the, the, the reaction to the Dan Quinn hiring? So I think there's a bit of a split, and I think the split numbers changed yesterday with his introductory press conference. I think at first a lot of people were upset and felt like they were settling um, because obviously going or coming out of the season, the thought was Ben Johnson was the guy. Um, but I, and I think on the, the team side of it, before we get back to the fans, I don't necessarily think they think that. Like I, I think going into the process, he probably was someone that was on the top of the list that they wanted to talk to, but they really genuinely wanted to have conversations. They just hired Adam Peters, who was the assistant general manager for the 49ers, to be their general manager. They trust him and his judgment. Um, and so I think a lot of people uh, in the organization, obviously Josh Harris, the owner who hired him, and also fans are like, well, we trust Adam Peters. They go into that process. Johnson's the guy. Going into it, he doesn't interview well. Quinn interviews unbelievably well. And I think Mike McDonald was pretty impressive, too. Ultimately, Johnson, before his final in-person interview, pulls his name out. Quinn crushes the second interview. McDonald does very well, but ultimately decides he wants to go to Seattle because they offer more money. And it might have been a better cultural fit or whatever reasons McDonald uh, liked Seattle. And Quinn and commanders kind of look at each other like, well, we really like you. I really like you. And, you know, there's... There that goes. And in terms of the fans, uh, I think they heard Dan yesterday speak and just go, well, what's not to like about this guy? It's not sexy. It's not flashy, but that's a professional. Like that guy knows what he's talking about. That guy's got a plan. And I think a lot of the comparisons to this being Ron Rivera 2.0 died within 10 minutes of Dan Quinn talking yesterday, but within five minutes of Dan Quinn talking yesterday, because they're so clearly different people, even if some of the dots on the resume are Craig, you talked about this. You you wrote about this actually that it doesn't see this as like a full on rebuild, which obviously that's what Washington fans have heard every time they they hire a coach. And you you loved that portion of of the introductory press conference. What what does he mean by that? That this isn't a full rebuild? Is that something that is surprising to fans outside of uh, the D.C. area? No, I, I mean, maybe. Uh, I, I think the views on this team are all over the place. There, there's a lot of people that see this team as one that was talented but terribly underachieved, and there's other people that are like, they didn't underachieve, they just stink. And depending on where you fall on that will depend on how surprised you are that the coach is going, this is not necessarily a rebuild. But I, I actually, the reason I really liked it, Cam, is because he used the word recalibrate. 
And as a coach, like, that's what I want to hear. If Adam Peters gets up there as the general manager and goes, this is a rebuild, that's fine. Like, he's the GM. His job is to have that long view. Quinn's job is to figure out how do I make the best of what I have right now. And I think why I like the recalibrate part of that so much, to use his word, is they didn't have a plan the last four years. Rivera completely lacked a vision. Quinn has one. And the ability to use another phrase that he did to have a North star and be like, this is what we're trying to build towards in terms of style of play, the types of players we want, the attitude we have, the physicality we play with, the speed, the explosiveness, all of these things already puts them on the right path. It's ultimately going to be on Quinn to execute and Peters to get him the right players, which by the way, is another reason I think people are excited about Quinn here is unlike in Atlanta and unlike Rivera here the last four years, the coach is here to coach. Uh, He doesn't have any personnel control and he's actually Quinn is happy about that. And so I think that all of those factors come into like a, a pathway to success that I see with clear vision that can work. They've got to execute it, but that's, that's always the case when you hire a new coach, but the fact that they actually have a plan and, and some specifics already laid out of, of how to get there uh, is puts them miles ahead of anywhere they've been. Nevertheless, the last four years, I would say most of the last 25 under the previous owner. I, I find it interesting that people, we continue to get excited about Cliff Kingsbury, and he's one of those guys, I don't know if it's the way he looks or whatever, but like people tend to forget how often he gets fired. You know, like it, it ended it you know at Tech, and then it ended with the Cardinals, and we know what happened there. They actually got off to some great starts, and they had some decent seasons. But but then again, he's out for a little bit, and then it's like, oh my gosh, he's. It's like there's a lot of pizzazz to the name. Like as you kind of dig in and start kind of looking what he's been up to, and then even thinking about what he was doing at the Cardinals. Um, what's the excitement level? And I mean, because he is. I have to say, there's just something. Now, if you talk to him, he's not the most exciting guy, like like with the interview, but he he does always have something about him that makes you think he's going to have an explosive offense. Um, where 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 are you on Cliff and in, in, in that particular hire? I am more hopeful than when I first heard about it, um, and that is in large part to actually going back and looking at some more of the Arizona numbers, and then. Um, I do a podcast up here uh, with, with my pal Logan Paulson, who played in the league for 10 years and uh, basically played because of his brain. He's one of the smartest guys to play in the league uh, in, in the 2010s. Um, and he studied a bunch of film, and he went back and started watching some of Cliff, and we were talking, and he's like, you know, there's more here than I originally thought. The, the, the worry is that so much of what he did was reliant on tempo, and then teams would kind of figure him out in the middle of the year, and then the tempo didn't matter because it's like, well, we know what five plays you're running. We know what coverages we need to be in. We're set. And when Logan went back and started to watch the tape, he saw a little bit more variety than I think that that narrative shows. And also he actually, uh, Cliff runs the ball a little bit more than I think people realize as well. Like James Conner had some pretty good years and obviously Kyler had some good years in Arizona. So it really is going to come down to does Cliff do a similar type of review that Dan did when Dan Quinn got fired in Atlanta, he made a lot of calls and was like, I want to know what happened. I need you, my friends, my colleagues, people I work with, people that played for me to be honest with me. What did I mess up? And he has been chomping at the bit for three years to implement those things. My question for Cliff Kingsbury is, do you look back at Arizona and do you have a clear understanding of why you couldn't play a full 16 or 17 game season 
or do you think you got unlucky with injuries or Tyler messed it up or whatever? And I think that is a big factor. And then he's the OC. He's not, he's not the head coach. So, you know, we're at times, sometimes offensive minded head coaches have to go spend a little time on the defense and they don't really devote the attention they need to the offense. Like Cliff can just focus on the offense. And I think that maybe some of the creativity and things that he had to expend on defense can, can help him avoid some of the pitfalls that he had offensively. So in summary, um, a lot of people like him around the league think he's really smart. Like people I respect think he's really smart. The tape is better than you'd think. The results are actually better than you'd think, but there's some really serious like flashing red warning signs that if he hasn't addressed, it's not going to end well here either. And when you talk about Cliff Kingsbury, at some point right around that, you have to talk quarterbacks. And Washington is in a in a good situation with that. They get the number two pick in the draft, obviously. I think there's been rumors at one point or another that they have wanted all three of those top three quarterbacks being Caleb Williams, Drake May, and Jaden Daniels. Is there one that sticks out to you? I mean, you know, uh, Caleb Williams is, is the local kid, and, and he likes working with Kingsbury. But you look at Drake May at North Carolina, and they run an offense that is, isn't too dissimilar to what Kingsbury was running in college. Is there one that you, as someone who studies this team more than almost anyone, prefer at the quarterback position? And if it's Caleb Williams, will they need to trade up to number one to get him? So I'll answer your last part first. I absolutely think that they're going to have to trade up to get Caleb Williams if they wanted to, and I would not do that. Um, I'll circle back to that in a second. Um, if the Bears are not morons, um, then they should – like Caleb Williams should go one. Either the Bears should take him because he's that good, or they should convince everyone that they think he's that good and know that other teams actually will and be able to trade out of that pick fairly easily for a monstrous type of haul. Like take Jimmy Johnson's draft chart and throw it out the window because there's a generational QB prospect. And if Ryan Poles, the GM in Chicago, is any good at his job, Caleb Williams goes first, whether it's to them or someone else. Um, I would not trade up for Caleb. There is a ton to like there. It's not that I don't like him. And if I had the number one pick, that's probably the direction I would go. But I, I do think there's enough risk with how little he played on schedule last year that he like he could be more Kyler than Mahomes, right? Like that everyone talks about how Mahomesian he is, but a lot of the traits that people describe you could also use to describe Kyler Murray. And giving up a haul of assets to go trade for Kyler Murray would be a franchise-killing type of decision. So with all of that said, I would I would be deciding between May, who, like you said, run ran in air raid style offense. Phil Longo, uh, the offensive coordinator at North Carolina, is actually one of Cliff Kingsbury's very good friends. Um, that that could be, or the former uh, offensive coordinator, I should say, North Carolina, like they. That is a, a logical fit there, but I like Daniels better. Like I, I just like the player better. And so if Cliff sees how to use him, some of the quarterback run stuff could be in play. He's not exactly like an RPO guy, um, which Cliff, I think, could scale down pretty easily in his offense. Um, but I think the thing about Daniels that I like that is a fit with Kingsbury is the reason that I think Quinn hired him in the first place. Like one of the words that Quinn used to describe the type of team they want to be is explosive. And he specifically mentioned receivers on the outside, obviously McLaren being the, the key guy there. He wants to give these guys shots. And Jaden Daniels, that's what he did at LSU. He had Malik neighbors. You know, he had uh, a couple of other receivers that were studs, and he threw those go balls and those comebacks and, and understands how to play and throw those kinds of routes. And so Daniels is the guy for me. Um, I just think he's the, the, like, I think he's better than May. 
maybe not as good as Williams, but the, the gap in separation is not enough that I would trade up for Williams and give up what you're going to have to give up. Craig Hoffman on the Matt Mosley Show with Cam Stewart and uh, Aaron Sexton. Always uh, good to catch up with you. And uh, it's funny that you, you seem drawn to these tight ends. I remember a tight end named Chris Cooley. And shortly after yep. you left us in Dallas, you somehow connected with Chris Cooley after his playing days were over and you guys would do some stuff together. So there's something about tight ends that you seem to connect with. So that's uh, that's uh, that's good. I kind of like tight ends. Like uh, Brent Selleck was an old uh, was an old Mosley pal, as you recall. So anyway, I just yeah. just something that I mean, I've noticed about, about the tight you. end Mosley. The thing about the tight end is they understand the run game, they understand the pass game. Good people to learn football from. Yeah, that's a, that's good. And then one of them's like a big time broadcaster now, Olson. Like he's big until yep. uh, until uh, we decide if Brady wants his job or not. All right. Well, listen. Be careful. We'll catch up with you at some point and talk some NBA because I know that's that's your real passion. But uh, have fun at the Super Bowl. Run over there. Are you going to be doing your uh, podcast, your um, um, your Take Command podcast from Radio Row, or how are you how are you handling that? Yeah, I will. Uh, I will be sitting on Radio Row. Logan will be sitting at his house in Virginia, but uh, I will be on Radio Row for the podcast as well as the radio show. Okay, okay, that's uh, that's good. Well, let us kind of take some pictures, send that to us, and, uh, and that, that'll be good. And and you know, as you your Twitter bio here, I think you should add a little line here. You know, former colleague of Matt Mosley's or something. I think that would be. That would be good. As I look at, I don't know what this co. You're co-owner of a meat. You're like a fitness guy. That has always been, that has been interesting to me. You've you've somehow managed to have a media career. Cammy's like leads fitness classes and like is a fitness coach. That's a well-rounded that not, human being, right I there, say, Matt. I don't like the way you're talking about. No, it. it's. I'm. Not, I'm very. I'm happy for him, but I'm just saying it's not a media. It's not a normal. Yeah, media. I mean, people in the media are not in good physical like, shape for the most part. There's nobody in like Vegas, myself included. There's nobody at Radio Row who will be wor- getting a workout in. No. All right, Craig. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Have a great time out there. We'll be in touch. Thanks, Mosley. Bye. There he. There he goes, Craig Hoffman, and uh, a uh, noted commander's expert and has been out there for an hour in the dc area went to syracuse and then ended up working with uh, our show there in dallas at espn dallas 103.3 fm espn all right